0: on BYU Sports Nation, rising NFL draft stock for former BYU receiver Mitch Matthews. Why a prominent NFL analyst says he should be drafted. We
1: know Bronson Kafusi will be drafted, ESPN's Merrill Hodge, on why he is an underrated
0: NFL prospect. Say what? Plus the ginger mamba. TJ Haas is back from his mission <laughs> and ready to start his BYU basketball career. Let's go. This is
2: BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Now, from Studio B,
1: here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, April 12th. Tuesday. Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Ice Cream Consultant. Jerem Jordan.
1: We had a lot of ice cream last night. In fact, I I fed my daughter um, a lot of ice cream because we were at the BYU Basketball Banquet. Very fun to be there. Kind of formal closure to the 2015-16 season. Fun to be there. Uh, Good food. Lots of ice cream. So I had a great night.
0: One of my favorite moments uh, happened during a sidebar conversation I had with Chase Fisher while things were wrapping up. He said one thing to my wife, Brittany. He said, I'm like Bruce Wayne. I'm like Batman. I'm always going to come back, man. He's always going to come back? (laughs) Okay, so, which is good. Yes, we want Chase to be in Provo <laughs> as much as possible. Okay, and the second thing he said is, "I think I should have won all of the team awards."
1: <laughs> classic Chase. He didn't win the triple double award. I <laughs> went to uh, one player in particular. He's
0: like, "I think I should have won the six man award, even though I started."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's classic Chase, man. It's about three things: gods, uh, God, guns, and America. Oh, he's so funny. Maybe it's about man. multiple gods. I don't know.
0: I'm gonna miss that guy. I really am. I miss him now. But I'm excited that TJ Haas is back from his mission and a new era of <laughs> BYU basketball. The Ginger Mamba. Star. The Ginger Mamba. Who calls him that on Twitter? Pretty sure Pat Haas, Jake Who? Caressa. I don't know. You can correct me if that's yeah. wrong. The Ginger I, I've, Mamba. I've seen it from a number of people.
1: Wasn't Brian Scalabrini Red Mamba. So j- just we go Ginger Mamba. The Ginger Mamba. mamba. Is that tell in me the how awesome. awesome that,
0: tell me how awesome that nickname is.
1: Well, we'll ask him about it. He's going to be on the show coming up. I love it so Very much. Very exciting.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's a baseball game day. The Bat-Cats against Utah tonight at eight Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars moved up to number twenty-one in the Riders poll, number twenty-two in the coaches poll. They are thirty-five in the latest RPI rankings.
1: Cougars versus the Ginger Utes coming up tonight at eight Eastern, <laughs> 8 Eastern time. Kyle Collinsworth will play in the sixty-fourth annual Portsmouth. Invitational tournament in Virginia starting Thursday. It's a pre-draft opportunity for potential NBA draftees.
0: Good luck to Kyle. Fox Sports NFL insider Mike Garofalo reporting that Dennis Pitta will continue his NFL career after consulting with doctors about his twice-repaired hip.
1: The takeover from Dennis Pitta will have to wait. That's good news, in my opinion, especially for me. Men's volleyball remains atop the ABCA Coaches Poll, garnering 13 of the 20 first-place votes. That's my favorite word ever, by the way, Garner. UC Irvine will face BYU Saturday. Irvine is ranked 14th. That'll be live on BYU TV Saturday night. Beat the Anteaters. Anteaters.
0: And garner a trip to the semifinals.
1: That's only um, you know, supplanted by the UC Santa, Santa Cruz banana slugs. The Anteaters and the banana slugs. What other good ones are out there? Send them, hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, Send what
0: other random awesome mascots yeah. are there?
1: Irvine Anteaters, Santa Cruz banana Can slugs. Can you beat
0: those? Can you beat those? Send them the in.
1: Camus High in Vancouver, Washington <laughs> were the paper makers. <laughs> Harrison Collier, our line producer today, he's from Vancouver. I used to live there too. Jordan Chapman's from that same city. The paper makers. Seriously. Ba- well, you have to go with Jordan Diggers locally.
0: That reminds me of the Peyton uh, Manning commercial when he's like rooting on like normal people. Make that paper! Make <laughs> that paper or cut that meat. Yeah, paper ma- having a paper mill by you, never a good smell. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Rise and shout, my friends. We're off to a good start. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking
2: about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU to the NFL. Bronson Kafusi, as Jeremy mentioned at the top of the show, will be drafted. It's going to happen. Now, we're seeing everything from... Projections of late second round to as late as the fourth. and In one case, I saw a fifth round. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. I think it that Bronson that is at the latest, in my opinion, is going to go in the third round. Just because his he's had a, a really good off season and his numbers have been good to back up what he already did on the field. But with Bronson being the clear NFL draft pick for BYU this year, that brings us to the curious case of another BYU player that has rising draft stock in the NFL, and that is the curious case of Mitch Matthews, as Jerem dubbed this morning who's
1: been discussed at length on this show, lead or not, you know that whole conversation, but the the conversation has has uh you know evolved because his pro day was so good, and now we're seeing uh you know on twitter and and on the internet that He's getting some buzz, which is great for Mitch Matthews. We know that he's a good receiver. He's some level of good. That has been the debate on the show. Today's not that that day per se, but it's good to see that Mitch Matthews is getting a little more buzz because I don't want one draft pick from BYU. I want multiple every year.
0: That could happen. This from Gil Brandt, NFL Media Senior Analyst for NFL.com. The title of this article is this. BYU's Hail Mary hero could be 2016 draft selection. Then I quote, Wide receiver Mitch Matthews ran the 40 in 4.47 seconds. He had a 36-inch vertical and a 10-foot-9 broad jump. If you're not aware of what that means, they're all really good athletic measurements. He also referenced the size of Matthews' hands and continued, Matthews, who had a memorable Hail Mary catch in the season-opening win over Nebraska, really looked good catching the ball and running routes at BYU's Pro Day, he appears to be worthy of a late round draft selection. End quote. That brings us to our Twitter question today. Will,
1: will Mitch Matthews be an NFL draft pick? Why or why not? We just, straight up! Now tell me. Hashtag BYUSN at lasersheep. Yes, I think his size will not be overlooked. He is energetic, shifty, elite enough. View the Utah State film.
0: Will Mitch Matthews get drafted? Jerem, where do you stand on this after reading the Gilbrant article and now seeing the buzz that is surrounding him following his pro day?
1: I still, uh, I don't think he'll be drafted, but I hope that he is. Okay, I, th- I think that he is an NFL caliber type of receiver. Now, there's still some uh, questions about Mitch that were left unanswered after the season. Before the season, we talked about. Is he strong enough on the line? Can he beat man coverage? No one's questioning Mitch Matthews' athleticism. I was not shocked at what he did in the combine. He's a, he, he is an elite athlete. Is he an elite receiver in college football? That's That encompasses the whole package, right? Mitch Matthews is one of the best receivers to play at BYU ever. To me, he's one of the top 20 receivers in BYU history. But will he be drafted? I'm not sure that even... It, it does matter. I want him to be drafted. But he's going to make uh, at least a practice squad, in my opinion, and have a shot at making a 53-man roster.
0: The measurables during pro day and just his size and athleticism alone, there are too many people in the NFL, especially owners and guys that get caught up in those numbers. And when you look at Mitch Matthews just as a physical specimen, oh, fantastic. there are too many people that are going to be like, yes. And if he's not good enough right now, we can make him good enough for the NFL because he has the basis of what we need. I just don't see him falling all the way. I, I, think, I think he'll be drafted? I think he'll be drafted in the seventh round.
1: I, yeah, That would be fantastic if Mitch Matthews was drafted because BYU's had pass rushers be drafted every other year for the last several years, right? It'd be nice to get skilled position players because a guy like Mitch Matthews has put in the time uh, athletically off the charts as we saw – there's still questions with him, um, but I think that those can be answered. He can improve. Was he a lead in college football? In my opinion, no. But you don't have to be to be drafted, in my opinion. You You look at this, and we have had this discussion, a lead or not, and what role does the NFL draft play in this? What's your opinion on that?
0: For me, my personal opinion is that being drafted is the number one most important thing in that elite conversation.
1: Wow, number one. Why do you say that?
0: Because there are twelve hundred, roughly, maybe probably more. I mean, I underestimated. There are twelve hundred Division One receivers. There were thirty-five drafted last year. That's less than three percent. If you're drafted, it's so hard to make it to the next level. Yeah. And if I think if you're in the top three percent of all Division One wide receiver athletes, to me that is elite. That just that's. That alone is like, wow, you're good enough to play in the NFL.
1: Here's why I say no. I looked at those 35 to see who they were. There's a dude from Monmouth, uh, UConn. I didn't even know Monmouth had a- I just thought they just celebrated basketball um, on the bench. UConn, Northern Illinois, East Carolina, William & Mary, Central Arkansas. Like, among the draftees. Like, I don't count those guys as elite receivers. But who cares where you but play? But they made – but they made the NFL. Like – I saw, you know, we saw Jeremy Davis of UConn play. I would not call him an elite college football receiver. I thought he was really good. He
0: had an an impact in the NFL, though.
1: I wouldn't call him elite. Like, he got drafted, and that's fantastic. But it, it had more to do with his athleticism than, like, kind of stats and that kind of thing. I think Mitch Matthews is fantastic. I don't think he's an elite receiver among all the college football receivers. But I think he's really good and has a shot at being drafted.
0: Thirty-five out of twelve hundred. So just by the percentage alone, you ask me why I feel like that is elite. It's so hard to get drafted into the NFL. Oh, for sure. And so if I don't care to where me, you to play, me, gotta
1: be even above that. I don't
0: care where you play. And every receiver is going to have a downside. I mean, other than like the top two guys, like they're going to be, you know, it's
1: a pretty major downside though. The one I'm talking about, like that. I- if you can't get open, you can't catch the ball. Like that's well, an issue,
0: right? Against who? Michigan? Is that what you're referencing? Michigan is
1: every week in the NFL. Like those caliber of corners, right?
0: It depends no, on how, how your up against you and NFL. who plays against you. Like yeah. I don't know I don't know. We'll see. And I'm of the, the opinion that you can get better at those things, and I'm saying that the numbers, the measurements that he has are going to be very it, much noticed. It screams
1: NFL uh prospects. Yes. For sure. It does it, it does. Now, now, will a team draft him? I hope so.
0: Here's the number one reason I think that Mitch Matthews, besides his pro day measurements, is appealing to a bunch of NFL teams and scouts, and that is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Mitch Matthews' 11 touchdown catches last year were tied for 12th nationally. He is a red zone target. He goes up and attacks the ball in the red zone. You're 6'6", and you have a 36-inch vertical. Good grief. Just throw it anywhere in the area, and he's got big hands to go up and get the ball. We saw that time and time again last year. He is a red zone threat. NFL teams love big, tall receivers that can go up and get the ball against the shorter cornerbacks. If you can get off the line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's, If you can't get off the line, you can't
0: go up and get the ball, right? Oh... You know what? We've debated that long <laughs> enough. Here's something that we never debate. Countdown to the Wildcats. 144. That's 144 it. Forty-four days away.
1: <laughs> Only 144. Oh, it feels so long now. Like 150 was like a, a notable mark. Now I'm like oh, 144.
0: Don't you remember when we were like 248 though? Listen, I love Star Wars. I didn't count down from
1: 144
0: days for Star Wars. You didn't? No. See, that's the one thing I think you would count down for. I probably did on my mission. (laughs) Coming up, Merrill Hodge of ESPN, why Bronson Kapusi is underrated as an NFL draft prospect. And this man right here, TJ Haas, is in Studio B. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter. Of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, tonight, uh, baseball against Utah, 8 Eastern time. This
1: Saturday, the MPSF quarterfinals are going for men's volleyball. Number one ranked BYU takes on 14th ranked UC Irvine, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. So a big week
0: on campus. Something just happened that I think all of you will be interested in. Shaquille Walker was just named the NCAA National Athlete of the Week. BYU track and field tweeting that out. He is the first track and field athlete to run under 145 in the 800 since 2012
1: we watched yesterday it was amazing i mean he he has a chance to make the olympics he's got to be top three he said he last year he finished in sixth and he said i need to run a sub 145 and he did last week
0: byu sports nation karma in full stride with how do you say it jerem Shaq walker thank you very much
1: that's how Shaq says Shaq walker, <laughs> right
0: joining us now in studio b a man we are very excited to have on the show And a man that just got back from Lyon, France. Perhaps you can correct (laughs) that pronunciation. (laughs) TJ Hawes. I've heard you called the Ginger Mamba, TJ. Can we call you the Ginger Mamba?
3: If you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) What's it like to be back? It's been two weeks to Mm -hmm. the day, right? No, it feels really good to be back. Be back with friends, family. Get back going here uh, in Provo. Get working out a little bit. Trying to get back into shape. It's been really good to be back. BYU basketball career beginning this fall, and uh, you know we have a
0: ton of questions about that, obviously. But now that you've been back a couple of weeks, what's been the biggest transition for you from going from the missionary life just back into the normal swing of things, whether it's basketball or not?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of I kind of knew what I was getting myself back into, um, so it wasn't a, a huge transition. Uh, the roads here are really big.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, I
3: think you have to make like a five-point turn to make a U-turn over in France, and the roads here are, are ginormous. So that's been really weird.
1: What was the first
3: uh, first thing you ate? What's a movie you watched that you'd wanted to see? Uh, I saw Batman. Uh, I always loved Batman, and I think versus Superman. No, oh. just just the old one. Just the old one. Okay. I, I haven't really seen too many new movies. Yeah. Um, and then mom's cooking. You have to have mom's cooking. <laughs> Absolutely. What did you want her to make? Uh, anything? Anything really? <laughs> Mom's the best. Okay, she knows what she's doing. I
0: get. It. Does anybody else think he sounds like Tyler? Haas? Yeah,
1: when he came in, I was like Tyler two point Yeah, yeah, he sounds just <laughs> like Tyler.
3: It's great. Is that a good thing? Uh, that's a <laughs> good yes. thing. Yes. But there's
0: only one Ginger Mamba, right? Okay, very good. TJ Haas with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Now, we saw a picture on Instagram tweeted out or Instagrammed out by your brother Tyler that you were able to see him before you returned home. What was that like to see him? He's now playing in Europe, and, and you were still finishing up your
3: mission. Really cool. Um, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to see him for, for a couple more months, um, and he was he was off a couple of days, and so him and his wife came out to, to Lyon, and it was really special to see him. My president, my mission president surprised me pretty good. Um, really cool to see him and see his wife, and he, he looks really happy. Yeah, he got married while you were gone.
1: Well, it's hard to miss that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. No,
3: that that was hard. But I'm really happy for him. He's he's really happy over in Spain right now. And him and Summer are doing really well. So I'm happy for him. A lot of people are excited about and, and have looked forward to this
1: season, which is the first of three with you and obviously Nick and Eric and company. And the, and the surrounding cast is pretty impressive, too. What What's it been like to try and focus on your missionary work, but now, okay, you can focus on this now, finally?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's been good. Uh, to focus on, on missionary work is, is really important, uh, and I felt like I did that, and now it's time to focus on, on the next chapter. And I'm really excited for the guys I'm going to be playing with, some I've already played with, but the surrounding pieces are are incredible, and we have a good team, and I'm excited for what we're going to do.
0: With Nick in Germany and Eric Mika in Italy, and I'm speaking of Nick Emery.
3: Eric comes home in two weeks, by the way.
0: And uh, you in France. What, what was that dynamic like when you all were out on your missions and in Europe in a relatively close proximity?
3: It, it was really fun um, because there's nothing like serving a mission. Uh, you learn lessons that you only can learn there on a mission. Um, so it was really cool to, to see us go from basketball to that next chapter um, serving people where we were serving. Um, and I think it brought us a little bit closer as well.
1: You did not meet in Luxembourg to play basketball ever, right? You did not meet in the middle? Not
3: on the record. Okay. No. There was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what's the process like for you right now as you try and get back into shape? Because I know Chris Collinsworth came off his mission and had an injury, and that kind of led to more injuries. And so then Tyler, Tyler did it a certain way. Kyle Collinsworth did it a certain way. Is there a pattern there that you take?
3: Um, You know, I kind of want to follow what my brother did, Uh, just taking day by day and trying to get better each and every day, not trying to do too much um, because my body's not super ready for that quite yet, but just taking it day by day and getting better each day. Via your Grandpa Ralph on Twitter. He's a Twitter superstar.
1: (laughs) He's the the Haas insider.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He,
0: He said, your dad said after a shoot around with you, quote, you never lose your stroke in reference to you. How's your shot feeling right now? The shot still feels pretty good. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Says BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with Grandpa Ralph getting that out of the way, uh, what do you feel like you need to work on the most? Like what's what's going to be the most difficult part about getting, you know, your A game back on the basketball floor?
3: I think the biggest thing for me right now is getting in shape. Um, being able to get up and down the floor for 40 minutes is uh, it's more than high school. Um so I need to be in better shape than I was in high school. Um so that's that's my biggest focus right now is, is getting back into shape. How long before
1: you actually play in a full court pickup game?
3: Probably a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, stay off it for a few months and focus on my individual game and, and being able to get up and down the court before I start that.
1: Is that hard? Because you want you come home and you you want to play basketball, but it's mm-hmm. more of an individual kind of thing, right?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit hard, but I'm I'm still getting that satisfaction from shooting and getting up and down the court. So,
1: so give us an idea. Like,
3: you, you shoot 100 free throws, or or what do you do? What what's the workout right now, and how do you how do you measure success? Uh, right now, it's it's been it's been different. Uh, I've been shooting with my dad quite a bit, um, and we're working on you know shots from the inside, shots from outside, coming off screens, uh, coming off screens, not with the ball, uh, all kinds of different things. So nothing really set yet, but we're trying to get back into it
0: that was old marty's
3: stroke (sighs) it's still pretty good
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not, not as good as you and tyler or how do we sit among the three of you in terms of stroke
3: uh well we'd say I'm the best. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh no, you no kid. <laughs> like we like to hear I that. Love the we like to hear that.
0: We know that you're a different player than your brother Tyler because we have seen you play in, in different styles, but for those that aren't familiar with what you bring to the basketball floor specifically, what kind of a player are you going to be for BYU?
3: Um I think I think I I play a little bit more like my dad. My dad played at a really fast pace. Um, and that's what I try and do. I try and play at a fast pace and I like the ball a little bit more in my hands, and Tyler's more coming off screens, uh, catch and shoot type of thing, and, and I like coming off screens with the ball, um, and so we're, we're a little bit different. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, um, and I'm I try. To right, do now. It right now, right <laughs> now, <laughs> six
1: six four six five. What are
3: you? I'm about six four. 6'4", four. Okay. Yeah. So you stayed the same height mm-hmm. on your mission. Few what? people said I grew, but I okay. don't know. Weight? Did you lose weight? Gain weight on your mission? I gained about fifteen pounds.
0: Okay. You gained fifteen pounds. Is that <laughs> a good thing?
3: Yes, that's a good croissants
1: thing. Croissants and <laughs> other French food that oh, yeah. I don't can't think of off the <laughs> top of my
3: head. The baguettes. <laughs> and baguettes. And baguettes. There you go. And yeah. cheese. Of course,
0: the baguettes and cheese. I'm, I'm
1: scared for Eric with pasta. Like, <laughs> with pasta. like
3: yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see pasta, what that guy looks like. Wait, and, wait.
1: and
0: pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plan like in terms of what have you laid out in, in terms of a timetable? Like, because uh, I know in October you get going full speed You start practice and whatnot in the fall. So, what what kind of goals have you laid out for yourself to get back into condition and, and ready to go?
3: Right now, I'm working with the trainer down here at BYU, Bob Medina. He's he's really really good, um, and so kind of what I said. I, I'm 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 trying to take it day by day, um, and each day I'm trying to just do a little bit more, a little bit more. Um so hopefully here in a couple months I'll I'll be running up and down the floor getting in some pickup games. Um so that's kinda a timetable here in a few months I want to be playing pickup games.
1: Who was the update guy for you? Like who told you how BYU was doing
3: and how often was that? Uh my dad my dad was the update guy. Um uh, and he was pretty good at it. Yeah, he, he kept me up to speed pretty pretty dang good.
0: Sportscaster Marty. <laughs> 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 what did
1: what did you um what did you think of kind of the BYU season, and what did you what have you talked with Nick Emery and other guys about? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I thought they had a really good season. Um, we lost some games, maybe we shouldn't have lost, but we won some some really big games, which shows that you know we can we can play against anyone. We can beat those good teams. It's just a matter of bringing it every day, so we beat those those teams we should beat. Tyler, um,
1: we we got to know Tyler really well. We love Tyler. He's playing professionally in Spain. Uh, for those that didn't know, what what's the difference off
3: the court between you and Tyler?
1: We've talked about it on the court, what about all
3: um you know Tyler's one of my best friends, uh, and we we've grown really close when he got home from his mission. uh we were working out consistently together, and so that we grew a lot closer from that um and that was really good for both of us and then when I went on my mission, he kind of he kind of knew what I was going through, and so he walked me through some things that that really helped me a lot at the start of my mission, and he helped me continually as I had questions for him, uh, and that helped us grow a lot closer as well
0: best friends but competitors on the court correct oh yeah now i know that when you beat him you're not afraid to tell him that you beat him <laughs> is that has that going to change tj
3: No, (laughs) no way. When we were when we were at the mission home, we were walking by, and there was a basketball court. And he was like, "I'll take you right now, man." (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) and
0: and you said, "I'll take you in my suit, dude. Let's go, man."
3: How many discussions did you
1: teach this week? (laughs) (laughs) Did you give a referral at dinner?
0: (laughs) Uh, TJ, great to have you in studio. B. welcome back, and uh, we need you to sign our stretch Y. BOE Sports Nation flag, as well as give you some BOE Sports Nation karma for the uh, offseason to get back in shape. All right. All right. TJ Haas, everyone.
1: He, he's been given a shooting shirt as well already <laughs> that you have. I, I need one That I of do this. have.
0: Calling Terry Nashif. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Terry, <laughs> Terry, how much, man? I'll just pay you. <laughs> Whatever, man.
0: Up next, ESPN yeah. NFL draft expert and draft analyst Merrill Hodge joins us. Why does anything think Bronson Kafusi is underrated? And will Mitch Matthews get drafted? Ginger Mamba, bro. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures happening on BYU TV. Our conversation taking place right now. On Twitter, follow us at BYU Sports Nation and chime in using the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Big game tonight on the diamond for the Cougars. Utah and BYU, the 21st-ranked Cougars, taking on the Utes 8 Eastern time. Watch it on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio tonight.
0: Mike Littlewood called it a must-win for BYU baseball every time they face the Utes. Check it out. Our Twitter question today... Back to football, will Mitch Matthews be an NFL draft pick? Why or why not? Send in your responses with that hashtag #byusn. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Merrill Hodge, former NFL star and current ESPN NFL analyst. And let's not forget Tech Mobile standout running back Merrill. Nice to have you back.
2: <laughs> Always nice to be introduced as tech-, tech Mobile. <laughs> <Being> tech- <laughs> Some people are driving going, what is technical? What is technical?
0: <laughs> Only the greatest Nintendo game ever. That's right. Meryl, uh, I heard
2: it all. It started off, so you got that right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> now, I hear you're going to be part of a new NFL draft show on ESPN uh, on April 12th and 19th uh, in which your responsibilities will include a profile of BYU's Bronson Kafusi. What is it that you see in Bronson Kafusi that you will feature during that show?
2: Well, I'm going to back up just for a second. You know, um, when we have done the draft, and I say ESPN over the years, I've always felt that, you know, our bosses, they want to cover at 360. And I've always felt we cover at 180 and we keep repeating the 180. And the 180 that we cover, quite honestly, is really not uh, conducive to transitioning college players into the NFL. Example, we tell about what they did in college, what records they have, Trophies they won, national championship or bowl games they won. Then we tell what they did on the pro day, their pro day and the combine. Well, none of that really has any relevancy whatsoever to the environment they're about to enter. The environment in the NFL changes from what it is in college. I mean, the field alone, I try to tell people this all the time, is different. You know, And they go, well, what do you mean? Well, if you look at the field and you take the college hash marks that are very wide and you bring them in, the game in the NFL is played in the middle because of that. You know, you take about five yards off of one side of the field or another or over the other based on where the ball is aligned, it's a different game. And then the, the talent is balanced. You play in the middle of the field, so there's a certain skill set. So and I've been trying to get us to do the show. Well, ESPN finally agreed to it, and we're doing it under our matchup format, so it's based on watching tape, so coaching tape of the NFL and coaching tape of college. Mm. Now, part of our show, actually today, tonight it airs, it'll air at 6 p.m. you guys' time on ESPN. Um, you know, I went through, here's how I do it. I have no agenda other than to find the skill set, a football skill set that will translate to the NFL. I get a list of five or six guys deep in each position that people are saying are going to be great players. Now, I get done with the five pass rushers, and I've, I've watched Bronson Kafush. I've known him for a couple of years with Bo being there. I'm like I'd like to see where he stacks up. So I plugged him in and I watched about three games. And it only took like one game for me to immediately say he's better than Ogbaugh, the kid from Oklahoma State who was highly touted. Then I go, Shaq Lawson. He's better than Shaq Lawson. Wow. At Clemson, he's better. than Clemson now, right? Now you say, Wow. Why? Why would you say Wow? Now that was I really wanted to. Why would you say Wow?
0: Probably because the media has portrayed Shaq Lawson as uh, you know the unstoppable force.
2: Okay, now you—you're probably right. I have—I don't even know where these guys rank because when I got them done, I'm like, I wouldn't touch Oddball. I wouldn't touch Clemson. I wouldn't touch Lawson, and they're talking about them in the first round. Ain't no way. In the NFL, you have to be able to play well with your feet, hips, and hands. Like you have to have pass rushing skills. You've got to show that you play with great leverage, and that you have a foundation of those fundamentals. If you don't. I'm telling you right now, you got no shot. Now, these two guys I just referred to, I literally have about, I'm looking at their notes, I looked at about 100 plays on each kid in about six games. I I repeated them over and over. They just lay on people. There's no explosiveness. There's nothing in their hips. There's no hands. Well, there's oftentimes guys get sacks. I remember one time Ogball got a sack, and I'm like, I'm going to tell you this, he didn't get credit for that sack. The tackle had manhandled him, and he threw him into the quarterback. Sure enough, you're on the stats and I'm like, are you kidding me? So what you have to do is you have to understand the environment they're going to first. I mean, if you don't understand that, then you can sit and watch tape all along at college, and you're just not going to have a clue. So I put in Brompton Capusi. Now, here's where he translates really well. He has great feet, hips, and hands. I mean, he's got good fundamentals um, from a defensive perspective. But here's where he separates himself from those two guys, if that's just not enough, which that is clearly enough. You can line him up. You guys know this. You can line him at right end, left end. Really critical, you can put him over the guards. When you can move a guy in the trenches, if you remember Justin Tuck from Notre Dame, I mean, he arguably was the Super Bowl MVP when the Giants beat the Patriots because they used Justin Tuck in that second matchup at the Super Bowl to get pressure on Tom Brady by lining him up over the guard whereas in the Week 17 matchup, they used him out all over the tackles. So in the Super Bowl, they created all these different matchups, and it actually changed the NFL in a way where you're trying to find guys that are good enough, big enough, and bad enough and smart enough to go across the offensive line and find matchups. The NFL is about that. Well, I'll take Bronson Kafushi over those two guys any day, anywhere, anyhow, and you've got a better chance of transitioning to the NFL because of all the things I just shared. These other two guys, one-dimensional, line up on one side. Other than Ogba, he'll flip to the other side. And oftentimes they only do that because he's getting whipped by the other left tackle. So they move him to the other side to see if they can't get some pressure. And those things are factual. They're not going to change. They will, Both of them will struggle immensely. And somebody, you hope that where Bronson goes, they have a good defensive line coach because he can only get better. Yeah. But he has a great foundation. Like, I look at him, and I'm like, okay, I don't have to teach him how to do work his hands. He plays with great leverage, has great instincts, is smart, played in a lot of positions. Okay, a lot of the battle's over. He knows. People go, well, you can teach him that. You can teach anything. But you forget to ask the question, can you learn it and apply it? <laughs> That's the big hurdle. I can teach you anything. <laughs> can, the, can, can the player learn it and apply it? Well, I've already seen him apply it. I got a good shot. I go listen. I'm gonna be able to lock this guy. The other two guys, I'm just gonna be working on getting them to learn how to play the game at the level they're about to enter. That's a daunting task. I don't want that task. That is just too hard. And oftentimes, especially if you're a high draft pick, now you don't have sacks, can't get on the field. I mean, you're done in two years. So I mean, you need to watch when you watch the show. Anyway, getting back to that, you'll. You'll see that the foundation that we create from the environment, all these positions are going. And we're going to do Derrick Henry in this, in this first show. You know, Now, he's a guy who won the Heisman Trophy, but he does not translate well to the NFL. You know, because of the, the, the most important skill set for a runner going from college to the NFL is what I call spontaneous agility. And people always go, what is that spontaneous agility? I'm like, have you guys seen the combine? I saw yes. some of it, Yes. Okay, now I'm sure you saw the agility drill where they had a cone here and a cone there, and everybody makes their cuts at the cone. Now, thats I think it's a very good drill to see the agility. However, on Sunday at 1 o'clock, those cones are moving, and those cones are 6'5", and 62, 245, and they're grown men, smart men, and they know what they're doing. So they're not just sitting there, and I can't just make a cut at the cone – I got to make people miss in a tight environment, especially as a runner in the NFL. Much more than in college. I mean, it'll triple in the NFL. The traffic and the tight quarters. So if you can't get in and out of breaks, you don't have power. The odds of you being successful on a consistent basis is slim to none. And the real problem with Derrick Henry, I never seen a guy just—he just—he's trying to. His eyes see it. He just can't get it. He just his feet won't work that quick. You know he, he tips over. He takes a lot of shots, and it's just going to be a really hard transition for him. And people will be disappointed because they're expecting heights the trophy winner, two thousand yards. Now, those two thousand yards are going to get cut down to about seven hundred, and that's if he gets three hundred and sixty-five carries. when he comes to the NFL, so it's, uh, it's a show that kind of shows all that. But we, we do highlight um, Bronson Kafusi towards the end of the show, and. And I I don't do that because Bo goes to BYU or uh, I I do that based on the tape I saw. If I thought Bronson Caffuzzi couldn't play, I wouldn't even put him in the show. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd still talk to you about it. (laughs) Yeah, we'd still ask you the (laughs) question. Yeah, But but I'd tell you the truth about him, too. I mean, I have no agenda. I have no agenda on this thing. I I know nothing about these guys. The tape tells you the truth about the player, and then you share that truth. Because I ain't smart enough, and I had to spend nearly two months to – Watch all of these players, you know. Uh, I heard you guys talk about Mitch Matthews. Bo sent me a text to look at Mitch Matthews and then I met with him. And so and even watching him when I got there, watch Bo and BYU play, I really don't know what his skill set is until I study him. And then it, it, it becomes clearer. Now I can see the things that he can do well, he'll have to get better at, if he wants to transition. And can he transition? Yes. I There's a lot of things Mitch Matthews does really, really well that people will covet um, when they're looking at wide receivers in the NFL.
1: When there's a conversation about players, we, we've discussed this at length, there's what they do on the field and what you're talking about. You watch film. Then there's the off season and dudes run around in their underwear and there's spontaneous agility and there's all these drills, right? What weight do you give to each in how you evaluate a player?
2: Well, what you just explained, and there's, there's two types of evaluations in the NFL. Because I... I've been doing this for from playing nearly a decade, and the next about thirty years, over thirty years is from playing and studying this league. I've sat with GMs at NFL films for a couple of years. I'm not going to give names because, but they were measurable guys. We watch a guy on tape, and what I mean is, they'd be like, oh, six three, two forty five, runs a four four forty. Now I'm watching him. I'm go, okay, this guy stinks. This guy can't play. <laughs> and then. Then we come to another, oh, 5'11", you know, 215, around the four six forty, And I'm uh, down on him. I'm like, okay, now that dude can play. i mean, like, that's a football player. Well, I'm going to back up even further. It was my second year in the National Football League. Chuck Knoll came in one day, and he said, and there had been this argument going on within the organization for actually four or five years, at the beginning of training camp, everybody's there. Every scout, everybody, a part of the organization is there. So you have regions all over there, all come together. They wanted to do the first practice like a mini combine. You know, we had the 40, we did the agility, we do the vertical. And Chuck well, didn't want to waste his time on that because it had already been done. Well, Mr. Rooney came to him, and he's like, can we find a common ground? They find a common ground. And here's the common ground. Chuck tells us, we're going to run the 40, vertical, and uh, agility, uh, agility drill that we had. Um, that they set up. Everybody will have every ounce of pads that they could. That they are required to wear. That means DBs get your thigh pads in, get your knee pads in, get your hip pads, and I want butt pads in. Get your socks rolled down. I want to see that you're taped. If you spat, get your shoes spatted. And then they didn't cut the grass. I swear to you for a month. <laughs> we run the forty. Rod Woodson, a world class sprinter. In college, number one draft pick. And he was drafted the same year I was drafted by the Steelers. He ran the fastest 40. Four, six, eight. Wow. Okay. Now, what we come to the meeting the next day. You know, after all this stuff is done, we've wasted a day of practice. And he said, and Chuck shares the fastest 40. The fastest vertical and the biggest broad jump all the numbers. He said, now, guys, now that we found out who, um, are, who are the best at these drills, i got five weeks to find out who can play football, and that's who I'm keeping. Well, right then, I was like, there's the difference. You have athletic measurables, and you have a football skill set. If you make choices based on athletic um, drills and evaluation, I promise you will be, you'll make mistake after mistake after mistake. You have to let foot, the football skill set drive your decision making and your evaluation. Do I think it's important that you blend in the athleticism? Absolutely, but that cannot drive you. Every year we get. In fact, it's funny you said that. Okay, I'm talking to some GMs on our air at ESPN. I start talking about Bronson Confuci, um, and it's what's his name who ran it. I'll think of his name here in a minute. If the senior boys like, oh boy, I really liked him. He goes, he liked these. Said he's tall, big, you know, and all the things we already know. Um, and I go, um, I go, okay, a guy I just, I don't get is oddball from Oklahoma State. Here was his response. Oh, he blew it up at the combine. I'm like, every year there's somebody <laughs> who benches for 30 pounds at 225 30 times and runs the big, a nice 40 because they're big. And they get drafted high based on that. And every year these guys can't play. But that's a GM who bases a lot of his evaluation skills on measurables. It's a big mistake. It's a drastic mistake. And I have learned over and over again, you go down that road, you will make tons of mistakes, less mistakes from just a football evaluation. But you've got to know what that skill set is and how it pertains to the environment they're going into, too. So that, that's not easy either. That takes a lot of time.
0: Fascinating stuff with Merrill Hodge, ESPN NFL analyst. You can watch his NFL draft show featuring Bronson Kafusi tonight and April nineteenth, starting at eight p.m. Eastern. You were at the BYU football spring game with the new staff, the new changes, the new schemes, and so we want to get your take on what you saw on the field from BYU, including your son Bo Hodge about uh, and, and what you think this team is capable of moving forward under Kalani Sitake.
2: Well, okay. The first thing when I when I, I used to. Say, I had to back up when I started coaching Bo. Bo started playing football at seven. That's when he wanted to start playing, and they'd let him play if I would coach. So part of my thought process, if Bo wanted to play football, was I'm going to take everything Chuck Noll taught me and apply it to give it to these kids because there's so many unbelievable life lessons I wanted to teach through the football. But part of teaching football especially with, I didn't know what position Bo was going to fall into, but I could tell he, he fell into quarterback really quick because A, he wouldn't shut up, B, everything I called <laughs> was stupid, and um, he knew more than I did. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> you're not going to work as a running back or wide receiver or tackle. Okay, I'm going to make him a quarterback. And, and he was a gift. had Bo had just some gifts. I, still today, of all the players i play played with, he's the most instinctive player I've ever been around. A guy, I, And I got to know him from – the day he went on a football field, and knew nothing. So that's how I know how instinctive it is. Well, I made our all our quarterbacks, we had to play under center. I made them play under center. They couldn't play in the shotgun for three years. And they fought me every day. They Because, you know, kids just want to stand in the shotgun now. And I think in youth football, we do a disservice to our young kids by not teaching them how to play the position, the complete position. And I said, Well you never know. I'm going to tell you this. I never know when you're going to need this, but I do know this. You're not going to ever do it in high school. I know what high school you're going to. You're not going to do that. And based on what's going on in colleges, you may never see it there. But let's say you were good enough to go all the way and you've never taken a snap under center. It could cost you. I go, look at it that way for me. So do it. And I fought. I fought. I fought. I fought. Well, uh, <laughs> when I saw him under center, and actually when the first time he went under center, he texted me. He said, hey, thanks, Dad. I knew what he was. What he said, thanks, Dad. That's all he said. I was like, I know what he's talking about because he can play under center because he learned how to do it at a very young age. And what was interesting, and he's really helped me, is we look at evaluating players in these spread offenses. Which, for my my perspective, this is not college perspective. So understand, I know college is about winning in college. That's important. That's what they care about. But taking guys out of a spread offense in the NFL is one of the most difficult things to do. They learn nothing. They're simple offenses. They don't teach things that you really need to teach to fully orchestrate and play like in the NFL. That's why I always, the more I look at these spreads, I'm like, God, why do you you limit yourself like that? And what I mean by that is, do you know how valuable the huddle is? I can't tell you how many times we changed things, made plays by the communication one guy to the other about a play that was going on because we were in the huddle the full compliment that you get and you teach the quarterback how to play, the command they have, protections, hot routes that are not taught how to read coverage. These wide receivers at BYU in the spreads they have no idea. I'm like, that's almost mind boggling. So what I'm saying is I know everybody I talk to, from Bo to all these they love it. And I think it's awesome that it's there. What you have to realize is it's a new system. There's a lot of new learning. There's a lot of layers of learning these kids have to have to learn how to do it sometimes when you're learning you don't play with great instincts and you don't play like you want to because you're thinking a lot because you're learning you know that's going to take a while you know you have so many reps and so much time at college which hurts these kids um but eventually i believe it's the right path there's a lot of energy about it um bo obviously loved it i I, I mean i've known ty for a long time Ty detmer and you know, I rave. I mean, I've always liked him as a person, but I've heard great things about him as a coach and about love playing for him. You know, when you have a guy that will teach you and you love playing for, you get every ounce out of your kids, and there's no doubt they're going to do that with that staff.
0: Merrill, fantastic stuff. We appreciate the time and uh, look forward to uh, the NFL draft presentation tonight.
2: Yeah, make sure you watch. You've got Bronson Kafusi. He represents very well in the NFL, guys. Oh, we will
0: be watching Merrill Hodge on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: Great stuff from Merrill kind of about the process and how he evaluates it. I always wonder that because it's on the field and then there's run around in your underwear. And how do you combine those two things?
0: But Bronson Kafusi, better than two for sure first round draft picks. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Up next, will Mitch Matthews be a draft pick? Some of your tweets. Keep it here. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. We have spoken with BYU basketball returned missionary and the ginger mamba, TJ Hodge.
1: ginger mamba.
0: As well as Merrill Hodge <laughs> of ESPN, who just told us that he thinks Bronson Kafusi. Is better than two for sure first round draft picks at the defensive line pass rusher position.
1: That's an interesting uh, opinion because the opinion right now is that BYU's
0: Rodzkafusi is a day two prospect. So How about we'll, that? we'll see what happens. And will BYU have more than one draft pick? Our Twitter question today: Will Mitch Matthews be an NFL draft pick? Why or why not? Let's get to some of your tweets. Tweet tweet at Old Max Hall. Nice. Yes, this because not he, Max Hall. he killed it at Pro Day. And we talked to Merrill Hodge about this, about the intangibles that you can put on display during Pro Day and then what you do on the field. He said—
1: And those are the tangibles on Pro Day. Yes, yep.
0: that that Mitch Matthews has a number of things that will be appealing to NFL, I don't know, GMs, people that are making the coaches, decisions, yeah, coaches. Scouts. But, Will Mitch, is it enough for him to get drafted in the seven rounds?
1: Yeah, either way to me, it's going to be close. If he's drafted, it was close. If he's not, it was close to him being drafted. I think he's going to be at least on a practice squad and have a good chance of competing for a spot on a 53. That's where I think he is. At JSJ35, yes, because he is elite. Well, there you go. <laughs> There's that's the answer. The, that's all the reason. That's you all need. you need. This is, we need to read this next one. At Lando Kugrizian. Nice. Lando Kugrizian says the following. Billy D. Williams wing He should be, if only for his hands. The guys can catch anything. My concern is his speed. How fast does Mitch run? Now, his speed was addressed in the 40. The four point, he ran in
0: the 4.4s. Four 4.47? 4. Was that? Four was, four, yeah, one person had a 4.47. The other had a 4.46. But whatever. Which fast. Is
1: crazy fast. Like, that's, that's faster than I thought. I thought he'd run like a 4.6. Yeah.
0: Now, Fast. is there that big of a
1: difference? It's kind of like gasoline. We all go down the street because it's like four cents more or less. You get like 20 gallons. It was like a dollar and a half. There's not that big a difference, right? Or is there?
0: At Sporting SLC says depends on if the Green Bay Packers can accumulate more <laughs> late round picks. They have been known to go after guys like Mitch Matthews. Okay. Stay with us, the Cougar Whip hits next. Everything you need to know. <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, let us whip it. Okay.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Baseball.
1: Baseball game day for the Batcats against Utah tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars up, moved up to 21. The Riders pulled 22, and the Coaches. The Cougars are 35th in the RPI.
0: Men's Basketball. Kyle Collinsworth will play in the 64th Annual Portsmouth Invitational Tournament in Virginia starting Thursday. It's a pre-draft opportunity for potential NBA draftees.
1: Cougars in the NFL. Fox Sports NFL Insider Mike Garofalo reports our homie Dennis Pitta will continue his NFL career after consulting with doctors about his twice-repaired hip. That's great.
0: Crack and Bill. Jerem's going to keep his job for at least another year. Very excited. for me. Shaquille Walker. Check Walker has Check. been named Check. the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, that is USTFCCCA to be exact. <laughs> athlete of the Week for his performance at the Sun Angel Track Classic. He was the first athlete to go under one minute 45 seconds in the 800 in four years.
1: Volleyball. The men remain atop the ABCA Coaches Poll, garnering 13 of the 21st place votes. UC Irvine, who will be you will face on Saturday, is ranked fourteen.
0: Golf. The men's team leads the Ping Cougar Classic at 22 under par collectively after day one, Austin Christensen and Patrick Fishburne are tied at 7 under, which is one back of the overall lead.
1: Cougars in the minor leagues. Adam Miller had a save for the Mobile Bay Bears last night. He has three saves and three appearances this season.
0: Athletics. Go Bay Bears. The Cougarettes won their seven thousandth national championship. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sixteenth national championship in nineteen ninety seven. They took th- home the title in the jazz division. Oh, Congrats all, again. All they do is win national championships. They're so
1: good we're bored with it. And this like, is like, unbelievable. There
0: are a number of dance competitions. Like this is the this is the Premier League of dance competitions in oh, the NCAA. Oh, the premiership? Yes, the premiership of dance competitions. Seriously it is. Barclays? <laughs> No? <laughs> El Clásico between BYU and Louisville. La Liga? Yeah. <laughs> Future guests on the show include Ryan Hancock, former BYU football quarterback and baseball player. He's big on the Batcats right now. He's always tweeting oh, yeah. during those games. And Taryn Houck, another NFL draft hopeful.
1: Plus, well, Ben Patched, preview the NPSF quarterfinal. He might be the conference player of the year. That comes out Thursday.
0: Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. Dexterlaw.com. We're giving it. To the Pitta takeover. Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta, Pitta bread. <laughs>
1: Love Dennis Pitta. Really excited that he could play another season. I hope that it works out for him because, like Austin Collie, tremendous skill position player that we need in the NFL because BYU needs guys in the NFL. A
0: Super Bowl champion, a guy who caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl in 2013. Right, Will Mitch Matthews be joining him in the NFL as a pick, why or why not? Our elite tweet of the day is from BYU LASF Jazz. He says, my bet is the CFL. Eh? Come
1: on, man. No, I, I think he'll make an NFL roster in some form. Thanks to Merrill Hodge, TJ Hodge, Merrill Hodge, TJ Hodge. That sounds very close. I thought I yes. missed up.
0: And everyone on our crew. Merrill Hawes and TJ Hodge. Yeah, something like that.